Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, October 14th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. This time out, the mayor shares her thoughts on the controversial remarks made by new Premier Danielle Smith surrounding discrimination on her first day of the job. She also gives us an update on the increased funding request made by the Calgary Fire Department. Next, we head across the border for the latest news stateside with Global News Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Prosco. Jackson brings us the latest on the January 6th Capitol Hill riot hearings, including news that former President Donald Trump has now been subpoenaed to appear. Then it's a celebration 110 years in the making. We hear details on this weekend's Love Your Library Day, which includes many family-friendly events planned, recognizing the milestone birthday for the Calgary Public Library. And finally, it is game on for your Calgary Flames. Our Dave McIver brings us details on the season home opener and his thoughts on the year ahead for the new-look Flames. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. We have to stop trying to victimize a, a, a particular group because they've make it, made a different choice. But if I need to make the point that this kind of discrimination is unacceptable, the best way to do it is by changing the Human Rights Act. Well, that was a comment from Premier Danielle Smith stirring up some controversy. Joining us to talk about this and all the issues facing Calgary and Calgarians is Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Sue and Andy. How are you? Excellent. Happy Friday. Thank you for being with us. Your reaction to uh, that comment from Premier Daniel Smith, I I did see a a comment from you on Twitter and I I thought it was, you know, I I thought you were quite succinct in how you felt about it. I'm I'm disappointed that this is a comment she chose to make. She did try to explain it the next day. But I think if you talk to people with disabilities, if you talk to people who have faced racial discrimination, if you talk to anybody who's been um, put through a very difficult time because of their sexual orientation or identity, I don't think with her characterization. And I think, you know, if people choose not to get a vaccine and they can't do certain things, they're not victims of discrimination. Those are policies to keep public health at its highest possible levels. Interesting times, and I know that you know. You say, "Well, what's a, a, a mayor of a city have to say about this?" Well, but we have we have a stake in these sorts of things, don't we? We do, we do, and I think it's important to remember that when you make comments like this, not only do you force more marginalized communities to take stock of where they're living, but what is the signal that you're sending to people that we're trying to attract here? You know, we're trying very hard to um, practice an economic recovery that demonstrates our city is welcoming and inclusive and comments like that simply have no place in society. Mayor, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk to you about uh, the Flames game last night. First of all, great home opener uh, for the Calgary Flames, but uh, a lot of complaints about the construction and all the work being done around the dome. Is that part of the Green Line LRT construction? It is. It's also got to do with um, what we're doing on 17th. So there's a lot of projects underway right now um, that have taken a little bit longer than anticipated. We knew that the Green Line would cause some disruptions, but it is a major infrastructure project that's absolutely needed in the city. So, yes, there will be some inconveniences, and I do hope that Calgarians understand that ultimately it's for the greater good of our transportation system. All right, uh, something else in this city. Announcement this week about the Alex Community Crisis Response Project. What can you tell us about that, Madam Mayor? 
Oh, my goodness. So I would say really it was last December when we saw an encampment around Dermot Baldwin Way that we later understood confidentially from the police service um, was housed by a criminal element. And it caused us to stop and look at how we were addressing issues of homelessness, uh, mental health, addictions, and just general vulnerability in our city. And as a result of that terrible uh, incident, we took stock with about 20 or 30 other organizations throughout our city. We convened people together and realized that a better crisis response um, action would be needed to help people and keep communities safe. And it was a pleasure to be able to announce jointly with so many partners that we now have mobile crisis response that brings different types of experts to the scene of an incident so we can best help the person that's in crisis as well as the people around them in the community. So it was really um, uh, something that took a long time to bring to fruition, but it is indeed a great partnership. Mary, you have a special anniversary coming up. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I want to touch on the the comments about the Calgary Fire Department uh, not getting any increases to their budget this year. They've asked for $103 million. But I thought it was interesting that you suggested perhaps time for the Fire Department to get its own commission, kind of like the Calgary Police, that would help oversee their budget needs. How might that help them? Well, if you think about the process, the Calgary Police Commission reviews the request that's made by administration and then presents it to council. And it's not something that our own city administration um, looks at and, and um, you know, sort of adjusts. But with the fire department, it is something that's brought forward by the chief. It then goes to a general manager. It then goes to the executive leadership team. And my question has been, do we get to see the original request versus the adjusted amount that you are bringing us? And I've been told consistently that, you know, A, we don't uh, change it dramatically, and B, yes, you will be able to see what was submitted versus what's been approved. So I will wait for that, and if there are adjustments, I'll be asking why those have been made when we know clearly what the fire department um, is in need of for funding. Just before we let you go, we love speaking with you on Friday. Uh, we won't be speaking with you on Tuesday, <laughs> but Tuesday is kind of a big deal. It's one year in the office for you, Mayor Gondek. Uh, looking back uh, one year, what's your biggest takeaway? What, what do you think about when you think about the past 12 months? I would say that it's it's a pretty big day for all of council. It's our one-year anniversary or birthday, if you will. And the the greatest thing that I'm taking away is that I have the opportunity to work with these individuals on a council um, who are bringing great ideas, tremendous passion for this city. And together, we've made some remarkable progress. If you think about, you know, the fact that we're going to be bringing 700 more homes into our downtown, that we got moving on an Indigenous gathering place, we've done some really good work together, and I look forward to three more years of that. Happy early anniversary to you, Mayor, and have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. You too. Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. And the investigation into the January 6th attack continued yesterday. And uh, there's been a vote to unanimously subpoena, agree to subpoena former President Donald Trump. With details on that and all the news stateside, we're joined this morning by Global News Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Prosco. Hi, Jackson. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Okay, latest on the January 6th hearings and uh, how it all relates to Donald Trump. 
Yeah, you know, the hearings, uh, what we believe to be the last of the hearings, took place yesterday. And really the sort of message from it was not only did Donald Trump plan well in advance of the 2020 election to dispute the result, no matter the outcome, but we heard more and more from the Secret Service and, you know, millions of pages of evidence that have been unearthed since then that suggests that the Secret Service in the weeks leading up to January 6th was well aware of the threats for violence and on January 6th, well aware that the crowd was armed. We also saw this sort of remarkable video yesterday of congressional leaders, people like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell hiding in an undisclosed location while the Capitol was under attack, pleading with people in various levels of the Trump administration and the government to come through and try and mount some sort of rescue. So that was all really, really remarkable. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, it ended with this unanimous vote by the committee to subpoena Donald Trump for his testimony. Trump said he would respond by 8 o'clock local time this morning. The time has come and gone. He hasn't said what he would do, although he is using his Truth Social platform to put out articles suggesting that he would love to testify. Let's see if it actually happens. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that would be the next step. Is Donald Trump testifying or we pick up after the midterm elections and what will we see? Well, so, yeah, I think the next question is, does Donald Trump testify? Does he comply with the subpoena? The clock is ticking, though, because of the midterms. Essentially what happens is you've got four weeks until the midterms, but the committee remains intact until the changeover in Congress uh, in early January when people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger will no longer be in Congress. The committee will be disbanded at that point. So really the clock is ticking until the end of the year to get a final written report out and final evidence. Any criminal referrals, which the committee has suggested they have evidence for, for multiple individuals. That's all to be determined. Of course, I think the bigger thing to watch is the moves from the Justice Department at this point because they are not on any sort of political timeline. Uh, Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Alex Jones, jury in Connecticut, ordering uh, the right-wing conspiracy theorist to pay nearly a billion dollars to the families of the Sandy Hook victims. I mean, really, that's an outrageous amount of money that no one has. He certainly doesn't, does he? No, I mean, uh, you know, the, I think the case was made during the various trials that uh, Jones and his InfoWars platform were raking in hundreds of millions of uh. dollars by selling things like supplements and that. Uh, but Jones uh, does not appear to have the money anymore. There's some, you know, wrangling behind the scenes that's taken place there. I think the sort of question is, uh, you know, not so much about this being getting this specific amount of money so much as it is in sending a message that you can't go around mm-hmm. and spread these kind of lies that lead to in- individuals being targeted and their children's graves being desecrated that goes beyond the bounds of freedom of speech and really i think that's what the trial was all about inflation has become the new buzzword not just here in canada but down south can you tell us about the new data that's been released what's what's the situation look like in the states when it comes to inflation Yeah, still not good. You know, the Fed here is still trying to get a handle on this. We are expecting another substantial interest rate hike in November. Uh, And really what's happening is that the cost of living is still going up across the board. And it's the more complicated factors related to the cost of living that are really driving inflation. For example, rents continue to go through the roof, especially as the housing market slows. That's a very, very hard thing for monetary policy to rein in and deal with. You've also got gas prices on the rise again. And, of course, the White House is expressing its disappointment with the Saudis for their decision to cut oil production uh, at a time like this because, of course, that will lead to higher gas prices, which will further fuel inflation. I just wanted to go back to uh, another violent story, but uh, sort of a, a a final the last bit of information about this from the Parkland shooter trial, which that side of it now, I guess, will be put to rest, yes? 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, th- I think there was a lot of disappointment from the families that uh, there was no uh, unanimous decision by the jury for the death penalty for Nicholas Cruz. Instead, he will spend life in prison. Uh, and, and I think this story is not yet over. There are now questions about whether some of the jurors were actually threatened by their fellow jurors. That may lead to an investigation. So keep an eye on this. This one's not done yet. Not done yet, and obviously not still very much active is the invasion, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Uh, the latest, uh, Joe Biden, you know, seems to be, you know, staying the course, saying that, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. will do all that they can within the current realm of, you know, kind of being on the sidelines but supplying weapons. Could you see the U.S. stepping up their efforts to help Ukrainians, or is it still going to be monetarily? You know, I think it still continues to be about money and it continues to be about weapons uh, that are being supplied to Ukraine. There is a bit of a rush here. You mentioned the midterms before in the context of the January 6th investigation. You know, there's a growing number of voices on the American right that seem content to uh, also try and claw back on military aid to Ukraine and basically say, you know, we should be negotiating with Russia, not supporting Ukraine and prolonging the conflict. And so I think the Biden administration is wary that the political winds may shift and they're trying to get as much aid through as quickly as possible here in the time that they have. Uh, Jackson, the lack of support for Georgia Senator and GOP candidate Herschel Walker, ex-football player. Uh, This story, I mean, you, you can barely even write this stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is also not going away anytime mm-hmm. soon. Uh, you know, I think what stands out here, of course, is the hypocrisy that Walker has portrayed himself as, you know, somebody who is uh, unabashedly uh, uh, anti-abortion. And yet here are more and more stories about him, you know, paying uh, ex-girlfriends allegedly to have abortions, pressuring them to have abortions. Uh, the stories about the number of children he may have fathered with various women and the fact that his own child has now turned against him as well. Now, that said... You know, the political climate down here is such that people are so entrenched with their political parties that it may not matter that much. People will vote for a Republican because they are a Republican. You even heard the spokesperson for the NRA come out and basically say, you know, I don't care if he's aborting endangered baby rhinos. I want control of the Senate. That's all that matters to me. Lots going on. And uh, thank you for you covered a lot of ground. Thanks so much, Jackson. And uh, have a great weekend. You as well. Take care. Jackson Prosco, Global News Washington Bureau Chief. And yes, lots happening down in the States. Nice to have, it was, remember, so much COVID. It was so much Trump. Yeah. Now he covers a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. It's nice to kind of chuckle at American politics as well as Canadian politics once in a while, isn't it? Calgary Public Library celebrating 110 years of connecting Calgarians with ideas and inspiration with 10 weeks of special programming, events, giveaways, and more. With all the details, we're joined this morning by Mary Capusta, the Director of Communications and Engagement at Calgary Public Library. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Oh, we are so excited because there's nothing better than the library for the kids, the grandkids, for adults as well. And tomorrow, big day. Love your library day. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, we're turning 110 years, and and for us, the library, it's all about thanking our members, our staff, our volunteers, all the people who have allowed us to really serve so many Calgarians. And so to kick off our big celebration, 10 weeks of surprises events, we're having our biggest event, which is Love Your Library Day, the big return of that favorite event uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Really peak hours for all activities, 
10.30 to around 2.30. But honestly, all locations, 21 locations across the city, family programming, go to our website for what's going on, but just a little certain locations, face painting, music, magic shows, balloons, uh, and Stagehand helped us program live music all across the city. So uh, there's so much. Each location is different. Can you break down? This is incredible. I, I can see some numbers here, Mary, as far as how many active members there are and how many there were back in, you know, 1912, for example. Mm. Yeah, well, we opened our first Central Memorial Park was Alberta's first public library, if you can imagine. And so over 110 years, that first year in 1912, we opened our doors. And in the first year, we had 9,000 members, Ooh. which was pretty impressive yeah. for the size of the city at the time. Today, though, a couple more. We have 745,000 active members. Just around 56% of Calgarians use their library regularly. And uh, we're hoping to add a couple more. So if you haven't been in a while, remember your membership expires. If you haven't visited us or used our services in three years, we, we unfortunately have to remove your account. So come. Tomorrow's a great time to visit our website, re-register, visit a location over the next couple weeks, uh, and see what's new at the library. I did not realize that. Now, it is free to join. There's no cost to have a membership of the library but after three years you have to renew yes i can't say it enough people can never can never believe that it's always free but your library membership is free and what are some free things you get with that free printing you get a five dollar credit each month for black and white and color printing various sizes uh movies music obviously audiobooks our amazing libby app uh hook up your smart tv and watch some movies and concerts and courses so there's so much to do from at home and in a location. And, of course, our fall programming, our registration starts next week. As we look back, Mary, 110 years of history, flipping through the pages. I understand these celebrations also serve as kind of a, a jumping board to the 2023 to 2026 strategic plan. What's the future hold for the library? Well, I think that's another thing we're super excited to share in November. We are coming, you know, the last few years, we our last strategic plan with potentials realized at, under that banner, and we're using the same banner um, with the second message is really everyone belongs at the library. And we're coming out of some years of disruption, but also within that disruption, we got really creative, and there's a lot of innovation, but we also know there's some urgent community needs. So what we're going to be unveiling in our next four-year plan is really a roadmap under our leadership of our CEO, Sarah Mueller, we're really focused on addressing urgent community need, but also pushing ourselves and our community to really dream of the Calgary, a really strong and resilient Calgary. Um, so we'll be sharing the details, releasing that on November 7th, but you're going to see a lot of innovation, forward thinking, while also really you know, continuing our, our commitment to equity, diversity, inclusion, um, and of course, literacy, helping address some of the gapping that has resulted from the pandemic, and of course, always a commitment to truth and reconciliation, um, but also a commitment to having some fun and connecting and meeting your neighbors again. We're coming out. We have to relearn some of those social muscles, yeah, right? So true. So that's, yeah. <laughs> well, happy 110th, and thank you for joining us and breaking it all down. We'll send people to calgarylibrary.ca. Have a great weekend, Mary. Thank you for all your support. Have a great day. Thanks, Mary Capusta, Director of Communications and Engagement at Calgary Public Library.
Calgary Flames opened up their new season last night against last year's Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, and it was a good result. So what are fans hoping for and expecting from these so-called fresh-faced Flames? Joining us to talk about it is on-air contributor and sports guru, Guru. Dave McIver. (laughs) You were at the game last night. You chatted with the fans. I did. You watched the action on the ice. Were you impressed? I was. Craig Button's predicting the Flames to win the Cup, so after Game 1, it looks like he's right on track. And in and in, in the spirit of balance, Sue Elliott Friedman is picking the Oilers. Right. For all what of does he know? What does he know? Did anyone pick the Leafs? Never I mind. I digress. Well, I think the big question is, will they get out of the first round? <laughs> oh. No, probably not. We'll see what happens. Anyway. Yeah, well, we can talk about all sorts of things, right? Because there was, uh, of course, uh, you know, I did chat with some fans last night. Uh, there's all the stuff going on around the Dome that made it a little bit difficult. And I heard it was pretty disastrous yeah, to park down there. a little bit there. different than what I'm used to. And then, uh, of course, uh, we had the game. So uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with the fans? Yeah. yeah sure. Okay, so uh, chatted with a few fans was... Uh, was super fun to uh, ran into a couple from Idaho, just randomly. Yeah, just uh, and uh, you know stopped him. I'm like, hey, we have expectations for the season. They're like, we're from Idaho, and I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, let's go Idaho. So uh, Jerem and Katie B, uh, a couple who came up, made a nine hour drive to come up for their first Flames just game ever. Game. That's uh, yeah, home opener, of course. Like I said, this is the uh, you know people want to get up here for this one. This yes. one's like a playoff game. They actually told me uh, they'll be coming back, but uh, I did ask them uh, a few questions as I said. Uh, I did start it off with the cheesy line, uh, let's go Idaho. Go Idaho! Okay, first Flames game, am I right? First Flames game. How excited are we? Oh. <laughs> what is it? All right, expectations for the season. Uh, win the division, win the Stanley Cup. Wow. Better or worse than last year? Better! <laughs> so they agree with Craig Button. They awesome. agree with Craig Button. Uh, chatted well, with another. They, fan. They, are they Canadians living in Idaho? No, they're they're they're. But they love the flames. Idahoans. <laughs> Careful. Idaho. Idahoers. Idahites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, chatted with another fan of his expectations for the season. It's a big change. It might take a while for uh, the team to to adjust to those changes, but I think offensively, call it even. Maybe we have something to make up for, but I think defensively we look a lot better, so I'm excited to see what the team can do this year. Nice. It's uh, There's lots of excitement. Then uh, Noah Adler, I don't know if you guys know the name, remember the name. He was kind of the, the guy behind Blasty, bringing Blasty oh, right. back a couple years ago. He now works for Flames Nation. He is a SATE broadcasting student, ran into him as he was uh, crushing some nachos last night and uh, asked him a couple questions. The expectations, I'm not going to go so far as to say they'll be in the final, but you know what? There are a lot of high expectations, not only here, but up north as well. And I mean, you know, it, it's great. Like, we haven't had expectations like this in both here or Edmonton in so many years like it's awesome to see Battle of Alberta will be fun it's it's a shame we only get it three times well I know right it's like whoever scheduled the game should probably be fired for that (laughs) because like how do you put the Oilers in the flames after the playoffs last year for only three games before the end of the calendar year like it makes no sense it's like a CFL schedule this season Uh, okay so team better or worse than last year better not, I don't think to the point where, you know, it's going to maybe be like 50-plus wins again, but they're better positioned for a deep run. 
So people are feeling very good yeah. about the squad. I talked to some other people. The audio didn't seem to come through that well. Uh, they also agreed. Better team uh, further in the playoffs and a better team in the playoffs. Sounds loud at the Dome. It was, Sounds like it was rocking. It was bumping last night. Yeah, um, as the kids say. Yeah, so uh, we'll go, I guess, <laughs> the, uh, the thing surrounding the game. Okay. Um, free beers? Yes, not, remember not. we had heard? Yesterday morning we were talking <laughs> yeah. about that. Supposed 5, to be a free beer. First 5,000 get a 16-ounce draft beer. Do I gather that didn't happen? That did not happen. <laughs> oh, so uh, we didn't talk to anybody from, you know, the Flames officially, but we did uh, pop over and chat with uh, one of the ticket takers or uh, ticket scanners. And uh, apparently, allegedly, um, they put out that news yesterday. Uh, they were contacted by the Alberta government, and you cannot give away free beers at an event like that. Oh. Mm, so Free got, alcohol, got, yeah. You got a $6 food food voucher oh, well. um covered uh a dollar uh, or six dollars six dollars of my seven dollars and 25 cent popcorn oh, uh, no. so still had to pay a buck 25 for that popcorn is more than seven dollars a bucket it, it is seven dollars and 25 cents too if my math is correct um but it wasn't like the pricing in edmonton yeah yeah right outrageous. where it was 55 bucks for two burgers and two pops yeah so, yeah, not even beers. Those are two pops two and two pops burgers. and 20 bucks for a hot dog and a beer up in Edmonton. So uh, eleven twenty-five for a beer. And uh, news to me, no more Budweiser and Bud Light. Oh. Uh, it's all original 16 now. They have some other beers and, and, yeah. uh, and products that it's you can get. It's more craft beer? It's, uh, well, it's the original 16. So that's, that's out of Saskatchoon. Right. It's, yeah. Good. it's, yeah, good. it's yeah, good. It's a clean good, beer. It's good easy. Canadian beer. Yeah. And uh, they got the, all the other stuff. A couple new uh, uh, spots in there. We can actually go sit down in the concourse. So that was uh, really cool. And then there was actually a hockey game for folks and uh it was a good one when it came to the result for the flames the flames win five three sorry about that and uh, it was so good and uh spent a lot of money to get a lot of players for this season absolutely and they they, came through they came through they all had points for for the team last night and then you you look at how the game went and of course the flames are out shooting colorado um by a large margin in the first period, Colorado scores on their first shot of the season. And we have this this streak that the Flames don't win season openers. It had been 12 years That's since crazy. they won a season opener. Uh, they end up, uh, you know, tying the game in the first period. Uh, a very unlikely goal scorer to start the year. How does team look sharp? 10-2 edge and shot, but the Avs have the lead. Beauty little feed from Mr. Milan Lucic to, I don't think a lot of people picked Brett Ritchie to score no. the first goal for the Flames this year, no. but he went out and did it. Uh, and then the real turning point was the Flames killed off a penalty, and uh, it was Rasmus Anderson, the defenseman on a breakaway, scoring a goal. Defenseman on a breakaway, tell me that. Wow. is uh, So that was a big one. Uh, and uh, Daryl Sutter, he wins his 700th game as an NHL coach. Took him five seconds to, to, to explain how happy he was. Means a lot. Means coached four good teams. Means a lot. Coached four good teams. So <laughs> over the moon. Yeah, you can tell. Like, yeah. He's just pumped. And to wrap, Mackenzie Weger. He came from Florida. So did Jonathan Huberto. Let's be honest. We've seen the crowds in Florida. I heard Jonathan Huberto's sister sang the anthem. By the way, unbelievable. Really, unbelievable. Okay. Uh, we were we were very impressed. Let's just say that little. Little luck for the brother who gets uh, an assist in the third period, and then, uh, like I say, Mackenzie Weger has never played. Uh, well, you know, in the the crowd in the playoffs in Florida is good, but the, let's just say in the regular season it can be sparse. He talked about uh, the atmosphere last night. Uh, first period was awesome, and uh, whole game is just uh, it's nice to have that, uh, you know, all that excitement and gives us some momentum. Yeah, there was some there was some nerves, good excitement, uh, but I was I felt so in the moment, and uh, these guys did a great job, you know. Uh, 
keeping me calm, and we were we worked hard all week, and we were prepared, so it calms my nerves a little. So the streak is over. The Flames win a season opening game. Yes, they win the home opener. Everybody's excited. Everybody thinks they're going to Stanley they're Cup going final. All the way. And I uh, feel it. Hey, let's uh, let's see what they can do this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. And I was going to just add real quick that I think that part of the optimism and the excitement is we were so ready to be underwhelmed when we heard about uh, Johnny Hockey and Kachuk. Johnny, it could who? have gone it could have gone horribly wrong. And it was the most dynamic offseason I've ever seen in the Calgary Flames history. Mm-hmm. So exciting. The roller coaster of emotions over a week. You lose two of your best players, and then in a week, it's like, oh, we got these other two players. But then you realize they d- they're on the same contracts that Johnny and Matthew had before they were leaving. Uh, oh. But they got it done, and everybody's excited.